Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Sorry for no episode these past few days. As I said, this summer's just been really busy for me, so sorry about the bit of an inconsistent schedule uh, lately, but I hope to get a, a bit more of a consistent schedule, but I don't know how that'll work. But I'm sure most of you don't listen to every episode anyway, so it's probably not really a big deal. But anyway, in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the Tom Brady contract extension. Will it happen? You know, what's going on? What's causing you know these two sides to not, not agree on this extension? Then we're going to talk about the possible Bradley Beal extension. Uh, what should Bradley Beal do? Should he accept it? Should he wait? Should he just request a trade straight up right now? Uh, and is he worth that money? Uh, and then we're going to get to the Red Sox past six games. They face the Orioles and the uh, Rays. And we're going to get to all that. But first, we're going to start with the Tom Brady contract extension. So let's get to that. Okay, so one of the bigger questions that's been floating around lately, if you've been uh, covering, following the Patriots, or even if you're just a fan, is what's going on with uh, Tom Brady's contract? Uh, Is he getting an extension? What is going on there? Because we all know he's entering the last year of his deal. And most of us are just like, is he going to get this extension or what? what's going on? I mean, you'd think they'd have it by now, but apparently they haven't really talked about it. Tom Brady said they haven't really talked about it. So from what we know, apparently, and even uh, Tom, Pel- I what's, what's his name? Um, Tom Pelissero. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, he's part of the NFL media said, there is no deal really being uh, talked about. He said it's on the horizon at this point. So it, it, it's, it's just not being talked about, which is a bit odd. Uh, but I feel like the Patriots are kind of sitting here. They're kind of up against the cap, honestly. Uh, they don't. It's not like we're in cap jail, but we don't have a ton of cap space to be spending. And I feel like the Patriots are so used to one, a lot of players taking pay cuts, especially ones that have been around the team for so long, especially Tom Brady. And I feel like they 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 kind of hope that Tom Brady will end up. You know, I think Tom Brady wants money this time around, kind of like Danny Amendola did. Amendola said, "I took a lot of pay cuts for you guys. It's time for me to get paid, and I want to get paid a little extra than maybe I should be to make up for the pay cuts I've taken." I think that's what Tom Brady wants. He wants the Patriots to pay him a little more than maybe the Patriots are willing to make up for those all those pay cuts he's taken in the past. And I think the Patriots are kind of sitting there saying to themselves, we don't really want to do that. Again, we don't have a lot of cap space. You never want to play a play, pay a player a little more than they want, than you want to. But so you got to do it sometimes, especially with a player like Tom Brady. The Patriots got to give him an extension. Last year of his deal, I know he's almost 42. And a three-year deal for a 42-year-old does sound a little risky. With the money you're also throwing around. So I don't blame them for wanting to wait this out a little and say, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to sit back. We'll talk about this later. Let's put it to the side for the minute. I think the Patriots want to see how will Tom Brady continue to play. Maybe they want to just see him play in training camp a little, throw the ball around. Maybe they just want to see a few games. But I honestly think even Tom Brady goes out and plays well like we expect early in the season, they're just scared for the future. Again, not a lot of cap space already. 
Then you add on the fact that they're going to feel like, oh, we're paying you for, you know, the past. You know, I feel like the mentality has to be we don't want to pay someone to make up for the past. We want to pay someone for what they're going to do in the future kind of thing, if you get what I'm saying. But I feel like this is a kind of an instance where Tom Brady's saying, I've taken all these pay cuts, time to kind of repay me a bit here. And the Patriots are sitting there like, you know, look at our cap space right now. We don't really want to do that. Plus the fact that you're almost 42 years old, you know, Belichick's the GM and we all know he's had a, you know, him and Brady get along pretty well, but they've had a bit of tension in the past too. So it's not like Belichick would give up the world for Tom Brady, even though most of us would. He is 42 years old, just about. Uh, he's going to turn in, I think it's August 3rd. I don't know why I remember his birthday, but it's coming up very, very soon. He's going to be 42 years old. You know, you, that contract goes in 20s, 45 or 46. So that's just, you know, who who can play at a high level at that point? So it's just, it's a risk, especially considering you're already low in cap space. To pay a guy a lot of money is definitely a risk, even if it is Tom Brady. But Tom Brady is not getting any younger. I know he stays in great shape, but he's not getting any younger. And I think Tom Brady's sitting here and wants to actually get paid this time around. I think he's sitting here saying, can you repay me a bit for all these pay cuts I'm taking? The Patriots are sitting here saying, we don't have a lot of cap space right now. You're almost 42 years old. Let's wait. You know, they're kind of like, all right, let's see. You know, if worse comes to worse, we'll pay you. But I think they want to try to wait this out and try to get, Tom, you know, hope hope that Tom Brady lowers the price a bit. I don't think he can get too much higher from what he's asking. I don't know what he's asking. I bet he's going to ask to be one of the higher paid uh, quarterbacks in football. That's what I'm guessing. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I just think the pay, both sides are kind of hold, like Patriots especially are holding up. Tom Brady, I think, is approached. They say they've never really talked about it. And I bet it's not the top of the priority for Brady. Brady's been a pretty good guy when it comes to this stuff. But I do think he's approached them about a contract extension saying, am I going to get an extension? Or maybe the amount of money he's kind of wanting saying, I want to get paid a little this time. I want you guys to, you know, I guess in a sense, repay me. And the Patriots are kind of holding out on it. I really do think they are, you know, let's put this to the side. Things will work their way out. Uh, really just because they want, uh, hopefully, Tom Brady to all of a sudden just really want to, you know, realize he's almost 42 years old. Maybe realize he's regressing a little. Realize I got to get a lock, you know, locked in on a contract now. I doubt he will look at it that way. But I think the Patriots are just trying to hold out right now and hope he lowers that price a bit. That's what I think. Um, but I don't think Tom Brady's a guy who's really too stressed about that. I think he's kind of sitting here saying, you know what? Fine. We'll put things to the side. We'll talk about that another day. But at the end of the day, I do think he's going to want to get paid. What do you guys think? Anchor Mobile app calling about anything. Tom Brady's contract extension. Will he get it? Apparently, it you know hasn't really been in the docks, and they're nowhere close to really agreeing to any extension. But I think it's going to take time. And I bet Tom Brady's going to come back. I'm not saying, oh, if he doesn't get this extension, then he's not coming back. No, Tom Brady's going to return as a New England Patriot. For next season, unless he decides to retire, which I also highly doubt. But, you know, he's not going to leave the team. Uh, he's going to just finish his career out with the Patriots. And you got to be willing to pay him.
Um, you know, I know you don't want to pay a guy for some things he's done in the past. You don't want to do that. That's not how it works in sports. You don't pay a guy for what he's done in the past. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if it's like, I guess we'll say Patrick Mahomes. Or not not even, not Patrick Mahomes. Any player in general, if they've done well in the past, you pay them, assuming they're going to continue that success in the future. But that's not the point I'm getting at. Tom Brady wants more than the, you know, what he probably should get considering his age, just because he wants to kind of be repaid for the pay cuts he's taken. The Patriots don't roll that way. Some franchises, you know, are all right with it. But the Patriots, I don't think Bill Belichick especially rolls that way as your GM. I don't think that's how he does it. But uh, anyway, yeah, Anchor Mobile app, anything you want to talk about, also search in After the Buzzer Sports Talk by Aiden Mayer on Safari, and you can send in a voice message that way. Will they get to an extension? What's the holdup here? Anything you want to talk about. Not even Patriots, anything. or Anything around the league. So next we're going to get to the Bradley Beal extension, so let's get to that. Okay, so we all know Bradley Beal, shooting guard for the Washington Wizards. He's in a bit of a pickle right now. He said in the past, I want to be in Washington. He loves the franchise. Like, the owners treated him great. The front office, his coach. He's had good teammates. They've, they've been great. A great organization for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal loves it there. The problem is the winning, okay? He's going to, you know, three years, 111 mil is the extension that will be offered this Friday. It's currently Wednesday that I'm recording. Maybe you're listening Thursday. Maybe it's Friday. But Friday, they can officially offer the extension. And... Bradley he has until uh what's the date? I think it was October 21st. Yes, October 21st to sign that extension, which is I think right before the NBA season starts. So, it's not like he's going to be able to play a few games with this new wizard squad, which hasn't really changed a whole lot, but still. And be like, "You know what? Maybe I will sign." No. That I think the 21st right before the season starts. Season starts right around Halloween, which is the 31st. So it either starts just a few days before that or that, you know, right around that time frame. So, you know, it's going to be day, days before the regular season starts. So it's not like he's going to have time to play with these guys in a real game and decide. But it'll definitely be interesting because it's no doubt he wants to be with Washington. In Washington, he's given Washington its all and his all, and he loves it in Washington. Washington really loves him back. The fans, the ownership, front office, coaching staff, the players. The problem is Bradley Beal sits here and says, I'm not going to win here. And, you know, Tommy Shepard is the new GM. They just recently signed him. Or, brought, you know, uh, what's it called? Raised him to a higher position to the GM. He was in the front office before, and I was the GM. But... Also, I think Bradley Beal also, one more thing I want to get to, the Supermax. If he makes an all-NBA team, Beal could be eligible for a five-year, $254 million Supermax extension next summer if he earns all-NBA status, which if Bradley Beal plays the way he did last year and maybe improves a little because he's only 25, so if he improves a bit, he's basically a lock for the all-NBA. If he doesn't, he's eligible for a four-year, $155 million max uh, extension. So 113, uh, wait, so one three years, 111. So three years, 111 would be 37 mil a year, and four years, 155 mil would be 38.75 uh, mil a year. So basically, 
three, you know, 38 and three fourths, which rounded up to 39 mil. So basically 1.75 mil more a year, plus you tack on an extra year. That sounds, you know, pretty appealing. You know, as great as this extension sounds, three years, 111 mil. If he goes on the market, he'll be eligible for either a four-year, $155 million uh, max extension, which is $1.75 mil more a year plus an extra year on his deal, which most athletes would like because, you know, if injuries happen, they want to be locked in on these long-term contracts. And if he makes the All-NBA, which if I had to predict, he will, five years, $254 mil. That is absolutely insane. Uh, let me do the math on that one quick. 254 mil divided by five would be 50.8 mil a year. That is absolutely insane. That's what the NBA is becoming, 50 mil a year. That is insane for Bradley Beal. Don't get me wrong, Bradley Beal's a great player, but is he top 10? No. Top 15? No. He's top 20, I'd say. Bradley Beal's definitely a you know pretty rare talent in this league. He's a top 20 talent. What t- teams have top 20 talents? All right, let's just sit here. 30 teams. There's 30 teams in the NBA. Bradley Beal is a top 20 talent. That means only 20 teams could possibly have a top 20 talent, and most teams have one or two. So that means really in this league today, less than half of the teams have a top 20 talent. So that that's just type of the value Bradley Beal has. I'm not saying any athletes worth 50 mil a year. Ugh, please. But I'm saying Bradley Beal's a pretty rare talent. If you're top 20, only you know less than half the league is able to get a top 20 talent. So Washington's obviously going to want him, especially because Washington right now outside of Bradley Beal's pretty much a dumpster fire and won't be able to draw in any free agents. And they don't really have a ton of trade chips to get, uh, not you know, free agents, like top 20 talents. They won't really be able to trade for any either. So, you know, they did bring back Thomas Bryant. And they, they said, which is a player that he wants to play, like Bradley Beal likes. And w- Washington said, we'll do everything for you. You know, we're going to build around you. We won't bring any guys with character issues in. We're going to surround you with guys that you want to play with. It's your team, Bradley. We've been really, you know, genuine with you. We've been good uh, to you. We're willing to pay you. It's the only big problem is, I think, Beal factors in the possibility of declining the extension for the bigger contracts when you know next summer and the summer after that whenever he becomes a free agent I think he has two years left on his deal but on according to ESPN it says next summer which doesn't really make sense but I think a four-year 155 mil max extension or a five-year 250 what was it four million dollar max extension uh yeah it's an extension next summer so it wouldn't be a free agent uh, contract, just an extension. But anyway, that's still still fine. But I think Bradley Beal factors in that and the fact that I'm not going to win here. Probably not, at least. You know, I have trust in you guys, but still, we look at it. John Wall. You know, I like John Wall. I like playing aside him, but he can't stay healthy. I think Bradley Beal, you know, has faith. Like, yeah, you can come back. But deep down, he knows, you know, maybe there's not a great chance John Wall, you know, will play a whole lot or ever reach that level that he's at. And he's such a cap hit. And, you know, you're not a hot free agency destination. Even with me, we're Washington. We kind of suck. Okay? So, this is what Bradley Beal has to look at. And, obviously, his faith in the team, faith in his bud, John Wall. But he has to look at it and say, this is not a great chance for me to win. I think you factor in that. And the possibility that you just decline the extension for a bigger one next summer. I think that's really something else. Uh, Also, if he gets hurt, 
I still think if he even got hurt, Washington will be willing to pay him the max because they're desperate. They are desperate. They'll do anything for Bradley Beal. They said it right there. We'll get, we'll build the team around you, obviously, but we'll we'll bring in guys that you want. Only you want to play with. It's all about you, Bradley Beal. Even if he gets hurt, I still think they'd be willing to give him that four-year, one hundred fifty-five million dollar extension. So, it's his choice. It really is. And even if you did a four-year extension next summer. Or a three-year extension uh, this year, you'd still become a free agent in the same uh, season, if you get what I'm saying. So that wouldn't really make a difference. Uh, wait, would he? No, never mind. No, 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 no. Scratch what I just said. Scratch those last 10 seconds. Did the math wrong there. But anyway, that is the Bradley Beal extension. Should he take it? In my opinion, no. No, I don't take it. I Well, no, yeah, I don't take it. Because I sit here and say... Even though the here's the thing though the Wizards did go out and say they're not going to trade him on this rookie deal apparently um so if it says if Beal passes on the extension the Wizards have no plans to engage in trade talks with two years fifty five point eight million left on his contract Shepard says so if he decides to decline this extension he's basically locked to be a Wizard for the next two seasons unless he you know requests a trade. But I'm not sure. Oh, I just burped. Oh, that was bad. Uh, but I'm not sure if Bradley Beal is, has the guts to actually go up and request a trade. Uh, that's my problem with that. So if deep down he kind of wants to leave at the same time, I guess now would be the time. Again, it's a tough situation because Bradley Beal just has to own up to himself. You know what? I'm requesting a trade. It's nothing against the Wizards organization. I just can't win here. That would be fine. I think people will respect him for leaving. You know what? That was the right move, Bradley. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you're just being, in no, you know, you just want to create some super team. You just, you want to win. You did a lot for that Wizards organization. You tried. You you kept trying with that organization. You said, you know what? It's the best move for me. I don't think people would hate on Bradley Beal. I think Wizards fan would be a little mad that he left them kind of shredded, but I think deep down they know it was the right move for Bradley Beal to make. In my opinion, I don't do it, and I try to request a trade, or I try to play out this year and then go for the extension next summer, which is could possibly be 50.8 mil a year, 38.75 mil a year. And I think if he stays with the Wizards especially, he's a lock to probably get either one. Even with an injury, they'd at least give him that four-year, $155 million extension. So, Colin, what do you guys think? Again, anything is on the table that you want to talk about, anything sports. Uh, but Bradley Beal, should he get that? Should he sign that extension? Will he sign that extension? Uh, he, he obviously can't do anything now. So if you're not like, well, if he's not going to sign it now, he won't sign it. But no, that's not the problem. He is deeply thinking about it. He's like on the edge. Like, should I do it or no? But they can't officially offer that extension till Friday. So uh, yeah, what do you guys think? So next, we're going to move on to the Boston Red Sox past five games. So let's get to that. All right. So the Red Sox three and three in their last six games. It all started in Baltimore against what should be a pretty easy series, right? They walk into Baltimore, worst team in the league, and get blown out in the first game, blow them out in the second game, and then get shut out by Asher Wojcic, whatever, Wojciechowski. I don't even know. This guy hasn't pitched since 2017, goes in there, tosses seven in the third innings, let us up one hit with two walks, and strikes out ten. 
And then you couldn't get to Paul Fry or Michael Givens for a hit either. Or even a one base runner off Givens. Please. That was horrible. That felt like the season under. That, honestly, this Red Sox team, that, that was just a must-win game against the Baltimore Orioles. It's It was ugly. It was really, really ugly. And really, the only good thing you could take out of that series was, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, the 17 runs against the Orioles. But even I sit there and chuckle and say, that doesn't, no. No, even I sit there and I can't really say that with a straight face and, and really, you know, think about that. It's the Orioles, you know, that's why the 17 runs, that's great, but losing to the Orioles. That felt like a season ender on Sunday. And then you walked in against the Rays in one night to four, that huge third inning on Monday. That was a huge game. Like, after that, that was probably the worst game of the season. Just like a horrible, like... Probably your worst played, maybe. Maybe not your worst played game, possibly. But just considering it was the Orioles, considering the circumstances, it was your worst game. You came out and you played really well against the Rays on Monday. You played well. I'm not going to sit here and lie. They played well uh, against the Rays that game. Rodriguez pitched a gem, let up two hits in seven innings, did walk four. But still, no earned runs. Avaldi did come in and really struggle uh, in that eighth inning. But Matt Barnes came in, shut him down from there, and then Josh Taylor came in and did the best he could. But he had a pretty comfortable lead anyway. That was a big game because after that Orioles game, you needed this series, and you got it. That game yesterday on Tuesday almost gave me a heart attack. They played well, especially in that first inning. They got off to the hot start. Uh, This was the Chris Sale start. I'm going to get to Chris Sale in a minute. But, I mean, that game almost gave me a heart attack. Workman comes in, especially that ninth inning. Okay, you had a very, very... The eighth inning, too. Well, no. The eighth inning was good for you. You had a good eighth inning that gave you that comfortable lead. But, first of all, I want to... I know I've kind of been all over the uh, place with this, but... What happened in that eighth inning with uh, Adam Kohler, Kolarek, I think his name is. I don't know how to pronounce it. And uh, the first baseman there, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ad- isn't it Adam Lowe? Nate Lowe. Oh, my bad. Um, it doesn't say he's playing. I was going to swear. I was just like, he has a brother, Adam Lowe. I know it. I recognize that name somewhere. Maybe not in the MLB. But sorry, I haven't really been watching a ton of Nate, uh, Ray's baseball. He was the pinch hitter, but he's playing some first base. But I don't know what just happened. All of a sudden, uh, Kolarek, I, I think I heard a story about this guy and how he was coming up. I think he's pretty young overall. He's pretty young. And he's one of their prospects, yeah. He's, oh, he's 30 years old, maybe not. But there was some guy on the Rays that uh, maybe it is him. But there was some guy I remember hearing a story that he could play first base and pitcher. So when he played... He was gonna like switch throughout the inning. So if there was like a like lefty batter or righty batter, he'd come in and pitch to them and then go back to first base or something like that. It was weird. Really weird story. I'm not sure if it was him because I think it was a younger guy, but who knows? Maybe it was him. But that was really weird if you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to explain. They were just 
the first baseman and the pitcher switched, and then Alex Cora came out and was just protesting with the umps about it, and they had to go to New York for 15 minutes. Then, you know, he kept arguing, and this was all just... Well, they did it to Mookie Betts at first, but then uh, no protest from Alex Cora would have happened at first. Then they switched back for Raphael Devers, and Alex Cora started protesting, and he just grounded out. Like, we sat there for 15 minutes arguing about this, and Alex Cora was protesting just for him to ground out, which just frustrates me. You're sitting there for 15, 20 minutes just for the guy to ground out. It's just it's a bit of a bummer. But the part that gave me a heart attack, you got to know if you watch the game, the bullpen, that ninth inning implosion. Brandon Workman went in and did not do that bad in the eighth inning, got the job done. Ninth inning, bottom of the ninth. You go in with a very comfortable 5-2 lead. You had a very good game. Chris Sale went out and pitched very well. It wasn't a gem, but it was very good. And Brandon Workman goes in there and craps his pants on the mound. Oh, my God. That was, that was horrible. He craps his pants on the mound, loads the bases up. I mean, this was the guy that you could probably trust the most in that bullpen. Almost. Matt Barnes, I'd say, could trust the most in his role. But Brandon Workman, as the closer, might be the guy that you trust the most. And he imploded out there. Bases loaded, 5-3. to three. Now guess what? We bring in Marcus Walden. In Walden, 3-0 count, pitches one upstairs, 4-0. Walks in a run without a strike. Like, are you kidding me? They're going to lose this game. Two outs, too. They're going to lose. If they lost that game right there, I would have ranted on this show so hard, and I would have pretty much given up on the Red Sox. Pretty much. I mean, after that Orioles game, yeah, you had a nice two games against the Rays. Well, you had that nice game against the Rays, but then just to implode again, you know, that one game does not make up for that Orioles performance. I was still disgusted by that, but you you know, came back. Marcus Walden comes and walks in that run. I'm like, oh, God, it's over. Thank God uh, you make the play. Christian Vasquez makes the play, flips it over to Marcus Walden, and that's the game. Oh, thank God that happened. Because if you lost that game, that would have been the point where most Red Sox fans just give up. But you ran away with that game. And I think at the end, yeah, you took the division. I mean, not the division. You took second place in the division with that one. So that was pretty big. Now all of a sudden you're ahead of the Rays. We weren't talking about that. And then the Rays beat you yesterday, which was tough. It would have been nice to sweep the Rays and keep the second place in the division. But Price pitched all right. Uh, the bullpen came in and actually did pretty good, but overall the bats just really couldn't get going. They had that good third inning. You know they got off to an all right start, uh, but it, it, overall besides that all right start, Devers though did Devers deserve that? You know RBI. There's two RBIs. Excuse me, Brock Holt. You know you had Brock Holt and Mookie Betts on base. Raphael Devers smokes the ball all the time. Hit barely gets hit. Gets contact on the ball and it just dribbles right between shortstop and third. There's a giant gap and it just dribbled its way through there, that gap, and it drove in two runs. It's a bit cheap, but I'll, I'll, I guess I'll take it. That was today's game. I'm sure most of you are listening um, probably Thursday, but by today, I mean Wednesday. But now you're, you know, you look at the division, you're only a game back of the race, which is awesome. They're three and seven in the last 10. They're starting to cool down, but I don't. You know, take it that the Rays all of a sudden are not in the race. Obviously, 
the rate, you know, they've got, they're a bit cold right now, but I, I think they'll be all right. They'll still, you know, they're still going to have to fight for that spot. It would have been great to win and just have that, you know, not a very comfortable lead, but just have the lead walking out of there. And then, Kai, that would be a great recovery to that Orioles game. I do believe that you wouldn't hear a lot of chatter about that Orioles game if they swept the Rays. I do think, you know, people are, you know, it's behind them. We played to play well against the Rays, but if we won that game today, I don't think you'd hear much about it. You'd say that was an awesome recovery. But, you know, you look at that implosion. Like, yesterday, how does that not make you look at it and say, we ugh, we don't need any bullpen? You've seen what happens this year. They almost blew that game. That was a huge game yesterday on Tuesday. Absolutely ginormous game in Tampa Bay. And they almost blew it with the bullpen. Dave Dombrowski, it's time to make the move. Are we selling the team or are we going out and getting that closer? I We need a closer. I don't want another middle reliever. I don't. We need a closer. A closer puts Matt Barnes back in his role. It puts all these guys in the role, really, not just Matt Barnes. Really, this whole team. No one on this team is a closer. Okay, and it's making, it's, you know, with Matt Barnes having to step up, that means another guy's got to step up. And you're saying, yeah, next man up, but that's not how it works with this team. And and it's not necessarily, you know, it depends. But, they, you know, if you're an eighth-inning guy, oh, our closer's got next man up. The eighth-inning guy's now nine. No, that's not his role, though. I get the whole next man up, but it's just not working. So either we're selling the team, you know, is Mookie Betts out of here? J.D. Martinez? Are, are we selling the team and building around Alexander Bogarts and uh, Raphael Devers? Sell David Price, too? Or are we going to keep contending and go out and get the closer? Andrew Kashner was not the move. Okay, it was nice to get that fifth guy. I know he struggled. I'm not ready to give up on Kashner just yet because he's had a good year. And he, you know, it was like, quick switch and all of a sudden he was you know playing like two days after he got traded so it's been two rough starts for Andrew Kashner but I'll you know give him a few give him a little time okay give Kashner a bit of time but you need to make another move get that closer that put some of these relievers back in their roles it would be such so much better you don't need another middle reliever get a reliable closer your bullpen's so much better all these guys are going to start performing better because they're in the correct role so if you get a reliable closer you're in a great spot you're in an amazing spot. The bats, uh, you know, the bats are heating up lately. Like I know they only had two runs today, but five is solid. Nine, I know they got shut out, but outside that, the day before they had seventeen, only two. So it's been inconsistent. But I'd say the bats have been solid lately. The, the bats are not the problem. The starting pitching's been poor. The bullpen's been worse. What can I say? Although I do want to touch up on one more thing, Chris Sale. These past two starts have been pretty good. Blue Jays plays the Blue Jays. You win five nothing. Okay, that was uh, his first win at Fenway. I think I already talked. Yeah, I already talked about this game. But I was like, all right, this is a good step for Chris Sale. I'm not ready to say he's starting the corner, but he mowed him down. Six innings, two hits, no earned runs, two walks, twelve strikeouts. He looked really good. Finally got a win at Fenway. It's first time in over a year, I think, since July 11th. Just absolutely insane. July or June? It's either July 11th, July 13th, or June 11th, or June 13th. But I do believe it's July. But that was just crazy, just hearing that stat. And then he goes out there, gets that off his shoulder. Again, I talked about it. Like, 
Remember that game against the Rockies where he struck out 17, absolutely mowed him down, they still lost? Like, games like that. He had no run support at the beginning of the year, although he did struggle in his own right. But then he goes out and faces the Rays, and he... It, let me just tell you, he mowed, he didn't mow him down, but he did a very good job against the Rays, and I give him a lot of credit, uh, where credit is due, for what he did. Six innings, four hits, two earned runs, three walks, ten strikeouts. You saw him, two outs in the si- uh, sixth inning. Alex Cora goes out, and he's like, no, 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 I got a few more pitches in me. Let me just finish out this inning. So Alex Cora's like, all right. That was just a key moment for me, because I think it showed self-confidence with Chris Sale, and it showed trust between Alex Cora and Chris Sale in a pretty big game, okay? Pretty big, really big game. And it showed trust and self-confidence. It's not a huge thing, but you know, Chris Sale is someone who called him himself a liability. So it was nice you know, for him to feel like, yeah, I'm doing well. I got a few more pitches in me. Let me finish this out. And Alex Cora to say, all right, Chris, if you feel that way, you're pitching well, go for it. That just showed try like that. I like that. And he got out of the inning. Line out to Xander Bogarts. And he pitched well. We didn't mow him down. Two earned runs, three walks, four hits, but 10 strikeouts, six innings. That's a solid stat line. Did he mow him down? No. But did he do really, really well? Yes. Again, you almost imploded, but you got out of that one. And he, I think, is it safe to say. Chris Sale's turning a corner? No, of course it's not. Two starts is not going to get the job done. But I do think with Chris Sale, the beginning of the year he had an excuse. He didn't have much run support. You're, you got a, a World Series hangover. He just got the big bucks. His shoulders probably, you know, you know, probably still some things going on there, maybe. I don't know, just add that on the list possibly. But as we the season progressed, it's like, all right, at this point we shouldn't still be, you know, hung over by the World Series. You know, you got the check a few months ago. It's time to, you know, enough with that, too. And the shoulder should be all right by now. You would have came out if the shoulder was a problem. And he struggled. So we started cracking down on Chris Sale. And he had a few games where the runs were, you know, the runs were not the problem. It was him. These past two starts, I think, show, you know, good sign in the right direction. Because lately, he's called himself a liability. I think lately, he's really noticed, all right, I got to start playing much better. And he's, you know, called himself a liability. And now, all of a sudden, he's just like, I really gotta, I really gotta step my game up, and he has. So I do think Chris Hill could definitely be on the turn, but two starts, yeah, I can't settle this within two starts. So you got the Yankees next. Four game series with the Yankees is going to be huge. Then you got a three game set with the Rays, and you've got another four game set with the Yankees. So that is a tough stretch. So getting that sweep against the Rays would have been great. Just that extra win, just that, you know. I think that would have been big just again to keep that momentum, especially against a team like the Yankees. They're seven and three in their last time. They're not cooling down. Again, you're not going to beat the Yankees this division. The Yankees have got this division, but it's about beating teams out like the Rays, the Indians, the Athletics, the Angels, even the Rangers. I mean, the Rangers are one and nine in their last ten. I told you the Rangers are not good. I had them last in their division going into the year, and it looks like the Mariners are going to finish last, but still. I, I didn't believe in the uh, Texas Rangers. I didn't. And they're starting to really play what I expected, 1-9 and nine in their last 10. That's, that's great because, for me, I've been a bit embarrassed by that prediction. I'm all right with getting some predictions wrong, but I was like, oh, the Rangers suck. And they were in the playoffs. They were ahead of the Red Sox, my team. So it's nice to see them cool down. 
And the Angels are 7-3 in their last and I told you, that Tyler Skaggs thing is going to give him a shot. But it's about beating those teams out. You know, the Yankees series is just a big series because, honestly, you need most of these series. You're facing your rival. Just things of that nature. It's just a big series. And then you got the Rays and you got the Yankees again. So you got to pick up momentum and win some of these games. And, you, you know, it's not about beating out the Yankees. Again, it's about beating these teams like the Rays, the Indians, the Athletics. I told you, the Angels. I already told you all that. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, call in on the Anchor mobile app. Anything you want to talk about, Red Sox, anything is on the table. Uh, yeah, sorry for no episode the past two days again. But, again, hopefully you can get a bit more consistent schedule of late. Go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. Uh, all lowercase, no spaces for uh, podcast alerts. Uh, again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.